Waking Up the Riverina, Witto and Herbie. On hit. I love the movie The Grinch. Even I though do? I don't love a Grinch, I love The Grinch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Such a good flick. But what will I wear? Jim Carrey did a great job Ooh. with that. Yeah, really good. Uh. But it turns out uh, a town called Seagirt in New Jersey, USA. It's not a pleasant town name, is it? Well, it might be Seagirt. Gert, might be Gert by Sea. No, it's Where definitely C. Seagirt. Seagirt. They thought they had a Grinch. A bit of a Grinch. Mm. Oh, no. Because like most towns, uh, they love Christmas. It's a smaller town. Yep. And they have a big tree, and every year they light it. Lots of Christmas lights. Oh, Everyone yeah. gets excited. It's a big deal and everything. Big deal. Big deal. And you can imagine all the kids looking forward to it and all that. And the money going in, going into it as well. Oh, the time. Yeah, lights. lots of work. Now, here's the thing. The day before uh, they got to uh, lighting the Christmas lights, there was a problem. Oh, no. They didn't turn on? Is no, that... they didn't turn on because someone, it was discovered, had cut the wires. See, I've heard of this happening. Mm-hmm. People like to display their homes with a bit of Christmas lights, and there's that person in the neighbourhood that takes it upon themselves to cut them. Yeah, and that's what they'll think of. They'll think of there's probably some uh, Christmas vandals yeah. that are doing this, but it wasn't Christmas vandals what a hero. at all. Not? No, they got the police department onto it, and the police were watching to see what was going on, and they caught the culprit in the act because uh, they actually repaired them. They lit it for Christmas. They Everything was great. And then a day or two later, they caught cut the again. culprit in the act cutting it again. Jeez, at least they've caught it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a squirrel. <laughs> a very no. grinchy squirrel. Not like a person named squirrel. It mm. was a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm misreading this whole article this morning. Maybe it was someone called squirrel. Ah, just squirrel from down the road, you know? <laughs> no, no, it was actually a little squirrel. Uh, a cute little squirrel. A cute little oh, squirrel. Because no. there's pictures of it, and the police actually even posted it. The uh, Sea Girt Police Department. Uh, posted saying, yes, we've caught the culprit. Here he is, uh, caught in the act. And they actually charged it. <laughs> what, what do you mean? They put little cuffs on him? It was charged with criminal mischief and released <laughs> on bail. Oh, how many but, nuts do you reckon he had to pay? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, let me just, uh, how many phone calls do I get? I've got to call Mrs. Squirrel. I'm going to have to bring some down here and deal with this. So it's nice they caught the culprit at yeah. least. Widow and Herbie. Out of the news booth, into the studio. Good morning, Sheree Coleman. Good morning. How are you feeling? Pretty good. Big news day. Huge it is. news day, especially for lo- local news. This is big. It is quite a big story this morning. Break it, Sheree. So uh, we have heard that member for Riverina, Michael McCormack's name, is among the latest to be cast into the uh, whole uncertainty of a dual citizenship in Canberra. Mm. So there what? were there were 18 more names thrown up yesterday uh, in Parliament, and Mickey, Michael Mick. McCormack was one of them. According to news.com.au, he does have a maternal grandfather who was born in Greece, but the Greek embassy doesn't have him registered on Greek municipal records, which is a requirement of being a citizen. So... At this stage, it looks like he's probably got nothing to worry about, but his name has been thrown up there. So it's highly unlikely at this stage yes. that he's going to have any problems. So that's looking good I, for him. It's looking good, but I, I noticed something. I think you noticed it too. Well, we were I, shopping the other day. I, I was shopping the other day and I was in Maya and mm. I walked past and Michael McCormack was in there and he was just having a, having a little bit of a dance in the you know the crockery area. Yeah, like where all you can buy your plates and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was just having a dance <laughs> around and he's just... <laughs> Whoppa! Whoppa! Just constantly. I was like, Michael, what are you doing? Slow down. At one stage, the people who worked at mine got him up on a chair. That's yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he was uh, enjoying a bit of Slovakia at the same time. Well, like, that's the thing. Just... I was out in the town Saturday night. Wanted to get, you know, a bit of a Slovakia, a bit of a feed afterwards. What are you doing here, Michael? 
He's like, I'm here every night. You know I love it. We don't win Herbie. Bunch of guys over in the UK who went on a bit of a Bucks night. They went over to the Spanish city of Benidorm. Mm-hmm. And so there was, there was nine of them. And they wanted to, you know, celebrate a little bit and had a couple of drinks and everything. And then two of them decided it'd be pretty funny if they go and get a henna tattoo. Okay. Just, you know, get into the spirit of things. And they got a henna tattoo of a handlebar moustache and a chin beard. And it's quite a groovy handlebar moustache. It's got a bit of the curve at the end and everything. Yeah. It's quite out there. Yeah. The idea was to get it into the spirit of the Benidorm Fiesta, which is a local fancy dress festival. Yeah. Uh, look, a bit of fun. It's not permanent. Yeah. You know, just, it's just handlebar. Yeah. It costs $12. Bit of a So laugh. it's not even, you know, they get home and the partners go, what did you spend all the money on? Yeah. So it's a $12 henna tattoo. It comes off and everything. Yeah, yeah. Things went from bad to worse pretty quickly, though, <laughs> because one of them experienced an intense, I'm talking an intense allergic reaction to the henna oh, ink, no. which actually may leave him now with permanent scars. Really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And this is serious. He He's okay now, but it, at the time he had to be put into intensive care. Yeah. Pus was oozing out of his scars and everything. Oh. While his friend was pretty lucky and did, it faded in a couple of days. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that he had the reaction because it turns out that the henna ink they used is called black henna and it contains a chemical PPD, which right. is not good. Okay. Not good for the skin. And so now he's left with this handlebar Scarring. scar yeah. and the chin you know, scarring, which is, it's terrible. And they've told him that's going to be there for at least six months because we can't work on anything to do any skin grafts Jeez. for ages. So now he's going back home from this Bucks party with permanent tattooing. Poor guy. <laughs> it's funny, but it's not funny. Well, I had a similar thing happen when I was at uni. Uh, you had a uni party and there's one mate. Is your um, facial hair not real? <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is, uh, this is real. This is real. No, one mate at a party and he used to, um, used to after one or two drinks, you know, he thought it'd be funny always to draw like a big handlebar mustache on his face, but he would use just black text, you know, like the, the art line ones. Oh yeah, yeah. And he'd do that with the, with the thing. And, and look, I'm, I'm permanent pretty- Permanent marker sometimes? Permanent yeah. marker, all that kind of stuff. And I'm pretty sure- you're not meant to do that. Well, no, they're, they're definitely made for paper, not your skin. Yeah, or whiteboards. Yeah. And what he would do, he was, he'd put it on his face and everyone would be like, ah, oh, that's pretty funny. Classic you got a hand he's, done it oh, he's done it again. But then one time he'd just done that on his face and then someone at the party um, said, let's do a flaming shot. And oh, yeah, uh, he was like, yeah, no fun. worries. And he thought he'd be cool and not <gasps> blow it out before drinking the shot. No. And because uh, the shot was still on fire when he drank it, his face... The, the bit where he put the texture on actually caught fire. Uh, and he had a burn mark on his face where the where the moustache was on one side of his face. And look, it didn't scar. He's okay. But he was My putting... My giddy aunt, that was, is bad. He was putting pawpaw and all kinds of stuff on it for like weeks. She's had to teach you a lesson. Oh, yeah. I, I, look, Did he me, do it again? No. <laughs> he didn't really put any moustaches <laughs> on his face with texture after that. Widow and Herbie. Uh, Herbie, something uh, I'm going to be pretty passionate about this year, and you are too as well. I think everyone needs to be passionate about this is this involves people's lives exactly it's river safety now i've been here four years now and it seems almost every year we hear about someone having an accident or 
you know, horrifically drowning in our river here in the Riverina. And we need to do something about that. We need to raise awareness and we need to talk about safety. So uh, right now we're going to catch up with Ash Cater from uh, Royal Life Saving. How's it going, Ash? I'm good. How are you? Very good, thank you. Now, we want to talk about river safety first off. What what should people be wary of when it comes to swimming in the river when they want to cool off at summertime? So for me, it's the it looks calm, but there's so many dangers and hazards that are concerned with rivers that people don't obviously check for, um, but we can't underestimate the changing conditions that are a part of our rivers. Okay, so are we talking like, you know, uh, you know submerged trees and things like that, which you won't see? Yeah, we're talking about everything. So um, you can't visually check the temperature of the water, so sometimes that can cause some issues as well. Um, obviously, there's currents, um, the depth changes, um, so making sure that you're checking for depth, the checking the stability of the bottom of the river as well is really important. And there is some pretty alarming stats out to do with river safety. Yeah, definitely. So like over the last 15 years, over 400 people have drowned in inland waterways just in New South Wales. Yeah, that's that's scary. And this is what I'm talking about. That can be uh, easily prevented if people are just smart around waterways and rivers. Yeah, definitely. And it's really concerning that 77% of them are males. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing as well we need to say, although I feel like we shouldn't have to say it, is alcohol doesn't mix with water. Oh, yes, definitely. So um, there is a large portion um, that would fail a random breath test. So 66% of them would have failed a random breath test. Right. And, and this is 66% of the people that passed away from... Uh, yes. From, wow, wow. Yeah. So, so that's a big problem then. It is, yeah. yeah. And with those people, uh, Ash, when it comes to... Who, who are we talking here? Is it young guys? Is it, is it young girls? Older what, guys, yeah. Older guys. Who is it that's, that's most yeah, at risk here? I think it's the people that we don't think it is. It's between 35 and 44-year-olds. So um, I would say that they're overestimating their ability and that they you know, are very familiar with the, the area and the river um, and they just mix alcohol and don't take the precautions that we need them to. So, Ash, what would be some of the safety messages you'd recommend? The big one for me is when I read the drowning report, that majority of people weren't wearing life jackets. So they do save lives and they are important when on, out on the rivers. The other one is obviously the avoid the alcohol. Um, don't swim alone. Like, check when you're mate um, and learn CPR and life-saving skills. Now, I just yep. want to quickly touch on as well, Ash, the fact that here in the Riverina, uh, we have a lot of people that do go on holidays towards, uh, you know, uh, beachy places, yep. uh, Nara and whatnot and things like that. So what do you recommend for people when it comes to beach swimming when they haven't been in a while? Yeah, um, d- definitely don't overestimate your ability. Um, make sure that you're swimming in an appropriate places. So check for flags, talk to a lifeguard, make sure that you're behaving the right way. Sort of don't just jump straight in. We'd never want anyone in this position, but if you do see someone struggling in the water, whether that be the river or the beach, what would you recommend people to do? Yeah, definitely signal for help if you have that ability. So like we said, there's a lot of people drinking and, you know, if you're knocked unconscious, there's nothing you can do. But if you're wearing a life jacket, that will increase your chances of survival. Um, making sure that you're in a, you have the capacity to assist people. So a lot of the time, if you're drinking, you're not in a position to assist. So learning CPR is a really big one. Um, Knowing how to access emergency services is also a big one because generally you're in a remote area so that can take some time. So you are the first point of call. You do need to be able to help them. And I think you touched on it earlier too. I think people should try and get that first aid training. Yeah. I remember when I was at school, they used to train us and then since then it's dropped out. So maybe workplaces can get on board with that. Yeah, definitely. Out. Generally speaking, most workplaces would pay more if you're first aid qualified as well. Well, those are just some uh, few simple messages and tips and ideas uh, for anyone thinking about going swimming in the river this year or if you're going for a holiday to the beach. Uh, Ash Catter from the Royal Life Saving. Thanks for the chat. 
No worries, thank you. Widow and Herbie. Right now, I want to preface the, before we talk about this by saying if you're in a real emergency, you should go to hospital. Oh, yeah, 100%. Call triple zero, get help if it's a real emergency because, uh, well, you've been to the Wagga Rural Referral Hospital. I did, and it was an emergency. It was, it was. It was definitely. People were very concerned about your health. People even called up the station that day you were on air. It wasn't and, um, well, look, you know, this was a serious issue because you had a migraine for a couple of days. For four days. I've never had a migraine before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it, I got it on a Monday. I came Thursday. You were sick, so you weren't on the show that day. I yep. got to work and I just – I remember the feeling of, you know, when you get up from your bed and you're quite dizzy? Yeah. And that just didn't leave me. Yeah. And I remember trying to read. I couldn't get words out correctly. I was stuttering. I was, you were yeah, slurring your I speech. I was slurring my badly, speech. Yeah. And then basically nearly went to the ground and that's when – Dan came in, luckily, and they said, look, let's get her to hospital. And it was straight in there. Tried to write, sign my name. It was just a line. Yeah. So it was it was a bit of an emergency situation. It was an emergency situation because no one really knew what was wrong no. with you at that point. And I'm all um, fine, so it was good in the end. And some of us and- are still wondering what's wrong with you. So, <laughs> But amazing, everyone at the hospital did an amazing effort and everything. Yeah. And that's the thing. They, the emergency department should be for emergencies. But there's an article out this morning that uh, features some stats from the Bureau of Health uh, Information Statistics uh, from July to September are showing a rise in non-urgent visits to the Wagga Rural Referral uh, Hospital Emergency Department. Yeah. Um, which is a big problem. In fact, it's jumped, uh, I think, the, compared to this uh, same period uh, the year before, there's a, something like 256 more non-urgent people going yeah. there. Non-urgent cases, which is like a rise of 34%. It's a bit alarming as well because there is people who do need hospitals in an emergency situation. And then if there's someone in front of you that, you know, is there for not an emergency, that can actually affect the person who is in an emergency situation. Well, they're going to prioritise as well. If you go in there with just, oh, I've got a cold... They, you are going to get knocked way you, back. Yeah. They're not, they're, there's other people that really need to be seen before it's that. Like this week I've got to get a needle before I go away over Christmas uh-huh. and I'm going to the doctors, book that in because I know it's not an emergency situation and if I was to go to a hospital, I'd be there for hours. Exactly. Now, people are saying, uh, you know, making reference to things like it's hard to see a doctor these days like a GP. Yep. Um, because quite often they're very busy and if you do need to see them last minute, they can't see you and all this kind of stuff. The, the thing is for me... Like, if you're genuinely sick and you don't know what's wrong with you, but it's not life-threatening, go to a GP. Yeah. If it is life-threatening and you're really concerned, go to a hospital. But here's the thing that gets me. If you have a cold or, you know... The man flu. Or something <laughs> like that, please don't go to a, to a hospital no. and, and, and to the emergency department. And if you're unsure, maybe ask your friend, go, do you think... I can survive a day well, if I wait, you know, and go to the GP. There's all these other things like uh, there's a Health Direct GP helpline. There's all these kind of online yeah. uh, symptom checkers as 24 well. 24-hour services over there. I'm not saying you should turn into Dr. Google okay. and read everything on the internet as real. Because you will put yourself in an emergency situation. Then. Yeah, exactly. You're like, <laughs> I've got an hour! Oh, I've got an itchy left finger. Oh, I'm going to die. I've got to go to the hospital. <laughs> no, don't do that. But there are, you know, online things you can go check out. Have a, have a little search for the Australian government ones. Yeah. But here's my thing. If it's an emergency, please go to hospital. Yes, yes, of course. Call triple zero. But if not, just kind of wait to see that GP. Exactly. Um, Think of our doctors. Think of our hospital. Think of others as well. That really do need to be in the Mm. emergency department. Widow and Herbie. Widow and Herbie's U-Tune. They play a song, and if you call on 13 12 16, they have to stop it. But you better have a good reason.
Yep, that's all you got to do. Last week we played My Heart Will Go On from Celine Dion. We had to stop it because someone called up and said it caused global, global warming. warming. I mean, I don't know how factual that one is, but it was a great reason, so we did stop it. And today's song, look, when it came out, I reckon this was even my first single ever. Oh, really? It came out in 2003. Wow. I loved it. All my girlfriends in primary school, we got around it. It was number one in the RE charts, stayed in the charts for 23 weeks. But the person who sings this song, I cannot stand her anymore. Really? Can't stand her. I don't mind her. Nah, can't stand her. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, if you want this song to stomp, all you got to do is call the hit line 13 12 16. Delta Goodrum is today's song, Born to Try. Call 13 12 16 if you want it stomped. Doing everything that I believe in. Going by the rules that I've been told. Understanding what's around me and protected from the walls of love. All that she sees me, and all I truly believe that I was born to try. All right, this is you tune, you call. We've got to cancel the song. We've just hit the chorus. People aren't happy. <laughs> We've got the phones have lit up. Hit FM hello. What's your name? What suburb are you from? Hi, it's Nicole, and I'm from Lake Elbert. All right. Nicole from Lake Elbert. You're not a fan of Delta? God, no, I can't stand her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what, what's the reasoning for stopping this song, though? Oh, because she just done my head in when she was on The Voice. Ah, oh, the voice. I literally don't even watch the voice now because of her. She's ruined the voice. No. Yeah. Is that is that a good enough reason? I reckon. Nah, I reckon we got to keep playing. All it. right. Gotta sorry, keep playing. sorry about that. It's going to keep playing. Call thirteen, twelve, sixteen. If you got a good reason to stop Delta. All right, you tune. We've got another call. Hit a family. What's your name? Uh, Michelle. Michelle, why do you want to stop Delta Goodrum? It's kind of her voice is really squeaky and whiny and whingy. It's just, <laughs> it's just wrong. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's such a good song, though. Born to Try. Inspirational. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on. Am I hearing that you say this song is not inspirational? I can't get past the whinging and the whining. It's it's almost like she can't even reach the notes. <laughs> oh, that is rough. Okay, oh. all right. Um, I think I, I think we have to stop it. I, I'm going to take uninspirational as a reason to stop today's song. Thank you so much for the call. No worries. That's how we do YouTube. We'll try it again next week. Sorry about that one, Delta. Widow and Herbie. Waking up the Riverina. Widow and Herbie. On hit.